we can make more episodes where I get denigrated for 92 minutes. Seven. 97 minutes. You don't Jeez. get a five minute break. Plus five. Plus five. Plus five denigration. <laughs> 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 uh, podcast of plus five denigration. Uh, Unlocked. Mm. Oh. Ah. Yes, back again. God, that low cost teleporting. There's a number on the lumbar. Uh, are you sure it's not just our age? Uh, yep, <laughs> that too. Yeah, I've been teleported enough now. Yeah. I know yeah. a low quality teleport. Someone's saving on those <laughs> right. spell slots. Ugh. Hey, uh, <sighs> have I ever told you how much I appreciate our friendship? I don't. Yeah, I do. So. I do. It's because of you that I can get through these random sonings. Oh wow! In, in, in the forced servitude of this podcast. That's amazing. Yeah. Uh, it's yeah. in spite of you that I get through these. Oh, well, so, well, you're... Yeah, I'm, but th- I'm, that's... I'm glad I can make you stronger. It's part of our, our fun little... Our fun <laughs> little interactions. Yeah, whatever. Okay. You're starting off early ahead. Really? <laughs> exactly. Out loud. What is written on this note? Or be destroyed and replaced. Welcome to Caffeine and Cantrips. The show where we talk about D&D. Or, or else... What's up, heroes? It's your host with the most, Byron number 315. Today we're going to be talking about how much of a terrible person Sean number 296 is. Oh. Wouldn't that be great? Ragging on him for 97 minutes of pure anti-Sean bliss. Sounds like a freaking party. No. Probably wouldn't. No. But why is that? Why isn't it fun just to aggravate and bully people? Because I enjoy it. Well, and he probably deserves it. (laughs) Well, that's what we're talking about today. Creating and controlling conflict in your game so you can stay on the right side of the fence. Oh, and Chauncey still hasn't increased our budget. So this one might get rough. So you get comfy. Come hang out. guys welcome back uh today as i said before that awesome intro we are talking about conflict in games oh what kind of conflict specifically because there's is D&D there's the whole a lot of con- in fact one yeah. of the three pillars is specifically designed conflict. <laughs> conflict yes by by any other name it would be a rose just as sweet <laughs> um no in this case we are talking about Inter-party conflict. Okay. And how too much is not a good thing. Too little is surprisingly not a good thing. Sounds like you're talking about uh, roleplay, not not so much like PvP. It could go to that extent, but mm. we've talked about before how mm. PvP is really getting to areas that are very difficult to manage unless you have a lot of tight control and a lot of good communication. Right, because character CVC, character versus character, is different from player versus player. Oh, absolutely. Right? Yeah. yeah. So, so PvP, not so good. Mm-mm. CVC might be okay. Hmm. I think so. Yeah, okay. I think so. As long as PvP is all chummy. After. Yes. Yes. Right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And CVC is maybe good. Maybe not. Maybe we'll talk about it. Okay. Yeah. But that's what I think we're going to talk about today. And Exciting. why it's important. Okay. And why you need the right balance of it. But there's a whole bunch of things that we can get into. Right. No, I, I think it's true. Uh, I think interparty conflict, a character, 
character to character conflict mm-hmm. is important, and I think it's you know it's not something that you want to necessarily avoid, mm-hmm. right? Because I, I think our our instinct is to avoid it because mm-hmm. we want to avoid that personally. Mm-hmm. But in in character wise, I think for a good story, for a good like dynamic mm-hmm. game, yeah, okay, no, definitely HVH is important. HVH? Yeah. Well, since you added acronyms, I'm going to add acronyms. So yeah, we have PVP, DVC, character versus character. HVH is heroes versus heroes. Oh, HVV. VVV, villains versus villains. Ooh, heroes versus villains. Depends on your campaign, I guess. <laughs> the most acronyms wins. <laughs> HBC, HTC, <laughs> VCR. Wow. That's um, bind. Okay. But yeah, cool. I think I can talk about that. I think I, I can you think talk you about that. You think you got that? Yeah. Okay. Um, the first thing I think that comes to mind then when Please. it comes to why you would want interparty conflict or conflict between, between characters is I think it is really a great chance and a great sort of um, tool to develop character. Or so, are there the great opportunities to, for character development, I should say, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, because that's one of the things that I think enriches the D&D experience is that change of your character throughout time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think characters, because you want them to be kind of realistic, like people uh, in real life, uh, don't grow unless they suffer. Let's say that again. Humans don't grow unless they suffer. It sounds brutal. It but is. It, but it, I think it's a truth. Mm-hmm. Um, like, you don't uh, gain muscle without hurting your muscle by going to the gym. And right? micro tears and rebuild yeah. stronger. Sure. Right. Yeah. Um, you don't gain knowledge without the, the suffering of going and having to spend energy learning things. Right. Right? Or getting tired mm-hmm. uh, mentally. Mm-hmm. Um. Thank you, Adderall. <laughs> Woo! <Woo-hoo. laughs> uh, not sponsored, but call us. Um, <laughs> um, and suffering is the typically the the result of conflict. Oh, interesting. I okay, think. okay. It is it is a primary characteristic. Like yeah, you could correlate suffering too as conflict. Right. Yeah. Right. Because if if there is no conflict of any of sorts, there's not really much. Suffering either, it's sort of comfortable, hmm. right? I think. Correct me if I'm wrong, guys, but that's just the the my instincts are telling me that. Oh yes, the 97 minutes. Your turn is coming up soon. Here, <laughs> Sean Bullier. <laughs> I'll take it. I love it. But no, I, I I understand. I think what it is that you are saying, right? Right, because we can we can only grow truly through learning, and learning requires us to have to have not completed or come short. Mm-hmm. On a task or a goal, and yeah. it's that gap that we miss the target by that creates the the little bit more that we have to learn or the yeah. lessons that yeah. we well exactly because it's not really so much the conflict or the suffering mm. that uh, makes us grow. It's when we adapt to it. Mm-hmm. So say you you hit the same conflict over and over again, but you never change, you never mm-hmm. adapt. Mm-hmm. So it's the same thing is always just as suffering. Mm-hmm. You suffer just as much. It's just as painful. You never learn, right? So you don't grow. But it's when a person, because as humans and people, we are naturally adaptable beings, right? We will naturally adapt to 
suffering and conflict one way or another in good ways and bad ways, whatever, right? Sure. But it's still growth. It's change, mm-hmm. right? Not all growth is good growth either. Right, right. We right. talk about bad habits and right, like 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 PTSD is a type of growth. It's, it's but it's it's brutal, right? It's, it's from what I understand, it's it's necessary a little bit when you're over there to to be like that and coming back from more. Anyways, it's the it's the adapting to that. And to thank that. you for your service. Yes, but, adapting to those horrible yes. conditions yes. and then coming back and then. And then but PTSD isn't been. relegated just to those who have no. been in war or whatnot. It's, no. it's a it is a traumatic yes. thing that has happened that the body is still processing, mm-hmm. right? And so that's that is in in essence, you know, a a, a source of conflict, inner conflict yes. that is at the time insurmountable, which is why we continue to suffer from yes. these things. I mean, and I'm no expert on PTSD. No, so if you guys, if, I, if I'm like out to lunch, let me know, please. Mm-hmm. Uh, teach me and let, help me grow. Um, but, you know, yeah, so, so that's sort of what I have in mind when it comes to, like, conflict and why it's necessary in um, D&D. I mean, you have conflict already, so you have chances to, to grow as characters um, outside of your party, mm-hmm. like, like extra party conflict. But it, in, what? Yeah, inter-party conflict. It's just another chance yes. to um, grow. Extra party conflict just sounds like a really awesome rock band. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. Absolutely. Um, again, yeah, yeah. So you only grow uh, when you adapt to that adversity that mm-hmm. conflict brings. Mm-hmm. That's suffering, right? And if you don't, if you don't face adversity, you won't. You just won't change. You won't grow. Right. Okay. So really, I guess it's the it's the ad- adaptation. Yes. That, that makes you grow. And preferably positive, right? Because we right. did say kind of in the uh, previously, we're looking to stay on the right side of controlling and managing mm-hmm. and mitigating right, right. conflict, so that it is a productive resource. Right. Right. And when it gets out of control, yes, PTSD is a great example right. of just a wildfire yes. in, your, in your mind and heart. Yes. Right? But as far as sort of uh, characters go mm. and us as storytellers using our character, mm-hmm. I, I would think that you would, uh, a chance to for the characters to grow in a way that you want them to grow in, wherever that direction is. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, no conflict is 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 really interesting because conflict shapes the beliefs of characters. Oh, right. It it uh, changes their perspectives. It also deepens their complexity. Interesting. Okay. Right. Um, there typically is something that happened to make them the way they are, an adventurer. Why are they an adventurer? Why aren't they a farmer? Why aren't they a barkeep? Mm-hmm. Right? Um, and yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, I think that's how you, you can change your perspective. Like say you have a character who is um, all about the rules and the law, but, you, but in your mind you want that to be a path of growth. Okay. Right? Away from law and maybe like, like strict law. And you want it to be a little more chaotic. Him, having him going through conflicts that directly sort of opposes that ideal of law mm-hmm. is a chance for that character to grow beyond that. Well, that's that's but a common change trope, perspective. Right? Yeah, of like yeah. justice versus law. Yes. Right? Of what what is right and what is legal yep. can become a conflict that you can chase yep. down in this case. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. And conflict is a great way of exploring that Correct. and playing around with that, right? Correct. And growing in that realm. 
mm-hmm. right? Um, and conflict also, again, because I want to reiterate that we are storytellers. Like, as much as we are players in a, with our characters, we're also storytellers. Okay. Uh, DMs, players included, mm-hmm. right? Um, and there's a saying that they all say, they say, show, don't tell. They, they are saying this. Right? They I, are. I concur. Right? Yes. And I'm saying that too. Big narrative is out there saying this. <laughs> right? <laughs> Jamming it down our, our throats. Right? And, and that is the more elegant way of doing it. You could say like, oh, like as we meet in my party at the, at the, at the tavern, I just tell them exactly who I am. Like in words, right, and, and my beliefs, and that it seems very shallow, right? As opposed to just embodying it, mm-hmm. the beliefs and perspectives, you know, and and values. You want to show, not to tell, um, and conflict is a great way or and a great tool to be able to show your characters' weaknesses, their strengths, right, their motivations, right, how they behave during conflicts. Right? It's 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 really easy to show those things that usually don't come out in day-to-day interactions, conflicts, right? Because everyone, you are who you are, your best self, until you get in a fight or super stressed or until you get like uh, in a conflict with your best friend or whatever. And then stuff comes oh, out. He looked at me, folks, in right? audio land. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Then, then <laughs> stuff comes out. Yeah. Right. You're the bad parts of you. Yeah. The weak parts of you, the insecure parts of you come out. Wasn't that, isn't that like a line in the dark night where the Joker's like, I spent the last 10 minutes of his life with him and a knife. I probably know him better than you did. Right. 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 Like their true exactly. self. The way the yes. Way, yeah. Yeah. Right. And that comes out really only during times of conflict. Mm-hmm. Right. And again, extra party conflict that comes out, but, um, <laughs> wow. but inter party conflict is another <laughs> chance, uh, a, a safer chance. For you to explore those, or 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 to show that to the other players around the table, mm-hmm. right? So I think so. Yeah, in that way, conflict, especially inter interparty conflict, is a great opportunity um, to display those things and and for character growth as well. Right. Yeah. And I like what you said actually previous to that um, oh. when you were talking about no when you when you were talking about conflict shaping a character's beliefs mm-hmm. and conflict becoming uh, an aspect of their beliefs. Right. Because really what remains as part of us are the aspects that we have not shed, that we have not lost, the ones that we hold close to us and dear to us. So these are the concepts of this persona that are the ones that we choose to defend. We are willing to go to right. quote unquote right. war or battle right. yeah. for these things. Yeah. No, I am an honest person. I will not allow you to call me a liar. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm willing to go to bat for myself to engage in this verbal altercation, conflict conversation, mm-hmm. right? About me being honest. Why? Right. Because I am. Mm-hmm. Right. And so that that is a an aspect that I will not allow you to strip me of. And I'm I'm willing to engage in that, right? Or yeah. I'm willing to prove to you, look, I've never stolen anything. Look, I've never lied. Look, I've never right. done this, right? right. And it's, it's a, an easy and kind of great way to show the positive aspects, but you can mm-hmm. also use that, yes, I am a liar. I'm lying right now. <laughs> right. Right. Or and, like Batman, he's, he's never told anyone, I, will, I don't kill. Right? But through all of his conflicts, yes. you're like, oh, he should totally kill the guy, but he never does. Right. This would actually be the most efficient thing to do just kill joker but he doesn't he refuses to mm-hmm. right then it's that showing 
not telling. Correct. Right? Correct. And it's way cooler that way. Well, it, it is because it's more fun to understand. I think it's more understand the feeling of a character, right? It's like knowing there's a God and like praying to a God and not knowing whether there's one there or not. I think the feeling mm. of them being there is a superior sense to like an intellectual knowledge of them being there. Right. And it, maybe that's just a weird kind of like warm blanket around the old emotions. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But um, no, I, I, I did like when you said that about the defensible side of someone's personality. Right, right. And, and ultimately, I think that that's a key to the creative process of understanding your character and understanding mm-hmm, their beliefs mm-hmm. by what they would stand up for. Right. What they would let slide. Mm-hmm. What would they kill for? What would they die for? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, and who would they save, right? And, yeah. and all of these things, these are commonly known as like paladin tropes, but it could be any character. Well, everyone has a line. Be any, they do. Right. They absolutely yeah. do. And when you, when you do get that friction, I know previously I've been like, oh yeah, friction, it's the spice. It's the heat that you're creating mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. What, what's happening there. It is the moments where you can really start to understand what the other characters are, what they stand for. Yeah. What are the hooks that they are then presenting you in this conflict? Because mm-hmm. that's that's where they are. Right. That's where they are. In that heat, in that spice. But I think when we're talking about this, one of the red flags, I think, that comes out is the opposite of this. When there is no conflict. Mm-hmm. When, when everybody in the party is saying the same thing. Right. So it's it's we say yes to every quest, every side quest, every villager, every this, mm-hmm. every that. We're all completionists, like it's <laughs> The Witcher or like right. it's any sort of game where you win all the achievements. Um, that I think becomes an issue when the party can't say no, or when somebody in the party doesn't say, you know what, I actually have priorities that are greater right. than heavy, helping right. out everybody out here. Right. 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 So when you have that kind of homogenous response to anything. Mm-hmm. So if it's all yes, if it's all no, if it's all no, we don't go into dungeons. If it's right. all we only go into dungeons, right? right. Like there, there should be some difference mm-hmm. in there. And, mm-hmm. and I think that the benefits are when you all arrive at the same conclusion, mm-hmm. but getting there, you should come from different paths. You shouldn't all just arrive and only just say right. the same thing. And this is what we call groupthink. Mm-hmm. Is when is when it stops being kind of an individual and it starts being a collective in the echo chamber in the echo chambers yeah. and whatnot. And so some of the dangers that you can really kind of get into, and there are a lot, but some of the key ones I think that really affect RP and TTRPGs mm-hmm. specifically um, is an idea of self censorship. Okay. I want to do something, but everybody in the group always wants to go do that. So I'm right. not, not going to say anything. I'm not mm-hmm. going to be brave. Right. I'm not going to stand up for my character. I'm not going to stand up for my story. I'm not going to stand up for whatever mm-hmm. this is. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to go along because it's, it's easier to not do it. Maybe we'll do it after. Right. Right. And I'm just going to convince myself to not say anything just to go along to get along. Okay. Right. And I think that that can pull away from the narrative experience. Right. Mm. I think it's. I think it can be kind of the the gateway to the death of bravery. Well, it it certainly does. When it comes to the narrative, it certainly does make it more shallow. Mm-hmm. There's less depth to mm-hmm. it, right? Mm-hmm. It's 
it's it's just one pattern, always the same pattern. Mm -hmm. There's no exploration of this or consideration for that. Mm -hmm. There's no interesting turns and dips. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, and you you don't know if everybody is self censoring. Nobody's getting what they want. Right. They just assume right. that everybody else wants this, mm -hmm. and then they go along. Mm -hmm. Right. We've talked about that before. Find allies at the table. Right. right? Say right. something. Express yourself so that you mm -hmm. can. You're not going against the group. You're not going against the other players. But you are saying like, hey, maybe we need to do this a little different. Right. Why is it the same answer every single time? So are time? you are you talking about from the perspective of players or characters right now? Yes, both, both. Because I think. I think once. they bleed. Yeah, I think they bleed across <laughs> yeah, onto each they other. They do. So the the character bleeds up into the player, uh, who is more susceptible. Mm. I think I think we play our heroes as heroes, as these divine and or fanatical yes. juggernauts of skill and power and magic mm -hmm. and all of these things. But we are the weak side. Yes, we are yes. the the Doctor Hyde to their Mister Jekyll uh, or whatever it was. Yep. Yeah. No, Hyde no, was the monster. Hyde was Hyde was the monster, right? No, 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 Hyde. Doctor Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Mr. Hyde. Yeah, Mr. Hyde is the bad guy. Mr. Hyde's the bad guy, yes. Because yeah. <laughs> so, the doctor is the good guy. The yes, is, uh, yeah. well, or the meek one, at least. Yes. So in, in this case, we are playing these heroes. So heroes, go and do this, right? Well, yeah, 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 okay. Well, if nobody disagrees, then you can go, but you might be losing the chance for better role play. Right. For a little bit of conflict. No, guys, we, we've been in 12 sewer holes, and there's just rats down mm. here. There's always rats. We killed enough rats. Can we get away from the rats? And then rat slayer. <laughs> They're delicious, but come on. <laughs> delicious and nutritious. Watch out for the rat king. Um, but, you know, we need to get away from this. Why? Because this is not telling my story. My story yeah. is about being in libraries and uncovering hidden lore. And we're not discovering any, like, rune rats or anything. Right. They're out there. Rune rat kings. Rune rat kings. Oh, guys, for you guys out there who don't know what a rat king is, go Google it. Or not. You'll love it. You'll <laughs> love or it. Or not. If I have to suffer, so do you. <laughs> I, you'll grow, I guess. Yeah. Only if you adapt to it. Though. Hello, London. <laughs> um, the other thing is uh, that, that couples with, and I kind of alluded to it before, but um, the next thing, the next big kind of red flag on it is the illusion of uh, unanimity. Unanimity. Yes. Unanimity. It's where you think everybody else thinks a certain way. And so you're willing to go along to get along. But if everyone thinks that, then no one thinks that. It's just <laughs> and it's the illusion yes. of a unanimous decision, right? So once again, like this is I think everyone wants to save the princess. I I think she's kind of bad. I don't want to say, but if they want to, I guess the monarchy as a whole is kind of a corrupt organization. If we save her, we're just propagating this. Do we really want to do this, guys? Like it, yeah, yeah, she's in another castle. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, I'm coming, I'm coming. Yeah, right. And so if you, like, so for this, I would say going against the grain is not going against the game. That's at the end when they find Princess Peach and Luigi's like, oh, this, this loser. And, and then Merle's like, you thought, she was a, you thought she was a loser. Oh, you, th you thought she was a loser too? I don't know how to, that's, that was a horrible Italian <laughs> accent. Anyways, I mean, and then they both thought she was a loser. They're like, oh, I thought you wanted to save her. I thought you wanted to save her. Do more of this. <laughs> Sorry, stereotypes for yeah. this. Yeah. <laughs> princess. Yeah, he's the princess. Um, yes, but once again, going against that's the game. New York Italian. <laughs> hey, hey, I'm saving the, the princess. princess here. 
Um, going against the grain is not going against the game. Right. Right. Do be brave. Sorry, Italians. We are sorry. We will work on it. Mid-Atlantic, Italian. We, right. got, we got a whole bunch of these to work on for our voices. <laughs> um, the next one that I think really, really deeply impacts the role play pillar mm-hmm. is uh, morality. You can hide behind other people's decisions mm-hmm. and then kind of claim a gray morality. You're not forced to actually make a decision or make a kind of a declarative statement. Or Oh, it's not even a gray morality. It's more like a... A non-morality. Yeah. Like, it's like no, like abdicating responsibility for your Correct. own moral values. And so if it goes bad, I share none of the consequences. Right. If it goes good, I do share some of the reward. So, and is that as, as a character or as a, as a player? As I think this is more character focused, mm, okay. right? Like, oh yeah, my character doesn't like stealing, but everybody steals all the time. They're, oh, they're like, number one. Right. So this is just a, a, a soft yep. example, but everybody yeah. else just steals. They rob merchants blind, caravans blind, the king, they stole a crown right off his head. Thank you, expertise and stealth rogue. <laughs> um, right? Like stuff like that. And it's just like, my character doesn't like that. They're not like, the, they want to be included and they want to be a part of the party. But I guess they're just going to shut up and not talk about that because... They just want to get along. They don't the want justice to, paladin. The, the, the paladin just kind of pouting in the corner with a blindfold on. So he, <laughs> right. So that fell off a cart too. Yeah, it did. Mm, that fell off a cart. Yep, it did. Here's your gold. Tied <laughs> it to the church. Ha ha ha. Don't ask questions. Your dirty blood money. Right. Uh, so like morality is, is one of the key ones that I think gets affected when you stop mm. making active decisions for your character and you let other people take the reins. Right. Because then their morality starts to become your morality. Well, yeah, it's, it's letting the evil that you could stop mm-hmm. like, or not stopping the evil that you could stop yeah. is almost just as bad as doing the evil itself. Correct. All it takes is one right. good man to not allow mm-hmm. evil to win or something. Something like that. Something like that. Yeah. I'm bad with those. Um, <laughs> And the last one, and I think, yeah, purposely, is my character. Ooh, well um, the last one is an interesting idea. And this one, this one is for the paladins out there, is mind guards. And we all know you're all paladins. They're all paladins. Oh, yeah. You virtuous sons of bitches. Um, mind guards. A mind guard is a person who censors or alters their information to not give you stuff you don't want to hear. Say that again? (laughs) A mind guard is a person who censors or alters information so they do not give you information you do not want to hear. So if there's a very important thing that I could tell you, but I know that you don't like swamps, let's say, and the relic's in a swamp. So they only give you information that you want to hear. They only give you things that you want to hear. Yeah, the double do nots was like. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> yeah. thank you. Yeah. Thank you for summarizing. But yes, so this is this is feeding the echo chamber, even if you have information right. that goes against it. Right. But you're just yeah. like, oh, no, I don't want to. They're so fanatic or they believe so much in this goddess or god or leader, right? That, no, they're actually evil. And I have evidence of their corruption, but I'm not going to tell them because... I don't want to deal with that conversation. Oh, because you're scared of that conflict. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. And so then it's it's a censorship. So you're not self-censoring, but you're like pre-censoring for somebody right. else. Right, right. Right. And not sharing all the information so that you can't let them make like this fair, educated decision based on yeah. the information themselves. Right. So I think, I think that's another kind of insidious idea of groupthink, of just supporting 
the hive entity of your minds, Mm -hmm. as opposed to being individuals that then become greater than the sum of their parts. Mm -hmm. You then start to subtract from the sum because you're not being truthful to its collection. Right. Yeah. 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 So it, uh, okay. So not a mind flare, but a mind guard. 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 Regards. But yeah, and you can probably see how that that avoidance of conflict can become like this negative aspect to a narrative. Well, it's yeah, it's like when they're in a classroom where there's a bully, bullies a group of bullies bullying this one guy, mm-hmm. and the teacher catches them, and they're like, the bullies are like, no, no, we're just playing. Yeah. And the and the right and, Tom, we were just playing, yeah. right? You were oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and then, then, then the teacher looks at you and is like, yeah. "Were they playing?" And you're like, "Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah." yeah. But but you allow that correct right to right. to pass through, mm-hmm. and so that's a morality thing. That's a mm-hmm. uh, a mind guarding kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely interesting. That is insidious, and it, it is horrible when you put it in that light too with the bullying. Yes, yeah, right. Um, geez. It's hard to be a downer. No, no, no. It's, it's, it's good to be aware of because that, it's funny because it's, it's not a huge deal in D&D, but it, but it can be. It, it, it can, absolutely it can, it can, can kind be. of cheapen, I don't know if it's cheapen, but it, it can prevent your game from being as deep and engaging as it could be. Mm-hmm. Right. By, mm-hmm. by avoiding the conflict. Yeah. So how would you turn something that's low, low like that? How would you how would you get something that's way down there? How would you turn that around? Well, all you have to do is to reach over and then you would just, um, I think, I don't know, I can't do it. But I think everyone out there watching and listening can do yeah. it. What you guys can do is uh, click on that like and subscribe button. Because everyone else is doing it. You should too. You, you, you should. Just self-censor and be like, <laughs> yeah, just. I mean, we, I know we told you not to, but in this case, it's, it's okay. not an illusion of, yeah. <laughs> of universal. Yeah. Yeah. No. And yeah. And I would be super happy and we can make more episodes where I get denigrated for 92 minutes. Seven. 97 minutes. You don't Jeez. get a five minute break. Plus five. Plus five plus minutes. Plus five denigration. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, podcast of plus five denigration. Uh, Unlocked. Mm. Yes. Love it. That merge is coming out soon. <laughs> Ah, uh, yes. Yeah. Wonderful. No, it's true. It, it, it does, doing that does cheapen your experience because uh, I, we did talk about it briefly in that earlier at the top of the episode um, where we kind of mentioned it briefly. Conflict is a vehicle for uh, exploration of, oh. of themes, of ideas. Is conflict all three pillars? Does it interact with all three pillars then? It, it does. Huh? It does. Cool. I mean, it's it's most it's I most prevalent. It it's most obvious in the combat, of course. That's that's like physical conflict. What's well, in one of the, right? the six great narratives, right? Like man versus man, man versus nature, man versus it's versus society, something, man versus yep. yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, you gotta have some kind of conflict, mm-hmm. um, and to explore things. I mean, and that's what makes a the difference between a movie that's just fun and a movie that's meaningful hmm. one that explores a certain theme or explores a certain idea or tries to answer a certain question mm-hmm. uh, is what adds that depth and substance to to any sort of story i mean any of the, are, are the stories that matter to society are the ones that 
are like the, the, the classics, right? Are always it's either like a like a cautionary tale, mm-hmm. but it's exploring an idea, mm-hmm. right? Of of what does this mean? What is happens if this right? If we let this go go on too long, um, uh, how does this feel? It's always that question, exploring of an idea, an expansion of sort of the the human condition, oh, okay. right? And and consciousness. Interesting. Right? Okay. Um, and then by experiencing that story, you yourself get to grow sort of without having to actually go through personally that conflict. Yes, because we can learn real lessons from yeah. stories. Yes, because it's we do kind of have that pseudo conflict because we relate to the characters. Pseudo conflict. <laughs> yeah. We're having a meta conflict yeah. currently. But you, because we relate to the conflict, uh, relate to the characters, relate to the story, we care about what happens, right? Mm-hmm. So we do go through mm-hmm. the stress a little bit, right? And we can learn through their suffering. <laughs> their suffering. Right, not mine. Not our suffering. Right. Pseudo suffering. Pseudo suffering. <laughs> um, right, but but it, it does allow your players to address important ideas or moral dilemmas, social issues, um, like philosophical questions that you couldn't necessarily do in real life. Oh, yeah. And we've talked right? about it, how that, yeah. the explorations of that at the table is in a safe place. Yeah. Right. Well, exactly. Right. Yeah. So it's a chance to do that. Um, so. Don't waste it. Take that chance, mm-hmm. right? It also adds depth and enjoyment and engagement to your story, but it also you get stuff personally out of it too. Well, it think. puts you in situations that you can't go in so that you can ask questions or find solutions to problems that mm-hmm. you shouldn't normally encounter in yeah. real life. Yeah. Right? And, and that really allows you to get out there and yes, explore and answer questions that you couldn't do not any other way, but any other way easily. Mm-hmm. And What's best is that you're doing it with other people who, who do have, because it's, it's difficult to, in your mind to be like, to take two sides and then, and then conflict those two ideas together and see what comes out. I mean, you can do it, but it's not the same as someone else doing that because mm-hmm. they, they mm-hmm. Come, at, come at it in ways that you, that's, that you couldn't because yeah, they're even not if they're arguing devil's advocate. Kind yep. of position. Like I don't believe in this, but for the sake of this argument, mm-hmm. I'm going to try and argue against you on this thought. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, like, like, yeah, all the kids have are zombies or, or, or might, might turn to zombies. Okay. Because right, all infected. Like, I don't really, they are. Well, it's a, in this situation. Oh, okay. Like I, and then like, I don't personally think that I should kill the kids. Hmm. But I can explore that idea mm-hmm. of is it better to kill all the kids and, and mitigate the risk of them turning to zombies than, right? than, than try to save them in other ways, right? Because the risk is too great. Okay. Or, right? Like, you can take that. And in a way, we do that as characters mm-hmm. in D&D. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, and in the conflicts, in the, in, in the inter-party conflicts, we highlight or contrast values because you have one character's values. I have my values. And by sort of um, having iron striking iron, both your understanding of those values become uh, stronger and deeper because it's been tested against something. Okay. Something of value to test it against. I mean like values and like your belief value systems. Value, right? Yes. Yes. Right. Yeah, well, because if you, if you test your sense of justice in a lawful and law-abiding society, are you really ten, uh, testing justice? Well, it's like how, yeah. Like, how do you know who your real friends are? You only really know when things get tough. Mm-hmm. It's hard to be your friend. 
Mm. Right? That's when you know who mm-hmm. your real friends are. Right? It's, it's tested. That friendship, the idea is tested. Interesting. Yeah. Right? So it becomes much more clear what that is, what a friend is. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, same thing with like ethical choices, ethics. Are you laughing at me? No, I just like it. Don't get yeah. babies. Do heal doggos. <laughs> Be a friend. Be a friend. Be a friend. Oh, that's that's the orb of friendship right there. Is it? Yeah, it's invisible. Are you like but plugging it into a socket or and something? So, so it lights up. So it can shine, shine the of friendship upon the land. <laughs> oh, I'm like cleric, cleric of what? Friendship. Friendship. I don't think there is any gods whose domain is friendship. There has. I don't think so. Oh, I've never maybe. seen it anywhere. I mean, correct. Like I said, if you guys know, let me know. I would. I'll build, I'll build a cleric. <laughs> That, that that's their tenant. I want make friends s- with everyone. I want to say yes, but right, there's redemption, there's good, but I don't. It's a good way to get me to shut up thinking about D and D lore for a while. <laughs> um, again, conflict also uh, helps you discover insights about values or ethics, right? By again, sort of smashing those particles together and see what comes out. Right, uh, it provokes thought about things that you would never have thought of. Mm-hmm. Because it's hitting against things that you never thought to hit it against. Mm-hmm. Those ideas. Um, I think like a couple of examples would be like um, of, of sort of inter-party conflict or character conflict is say Batman versus Superman. Oh, okay. Is one like there's one where I think I think Batman in the comics kills Joker and he's in jail. He turns himself in, he's in jail, and then because he kills Joker for Superman's family, I believe. And Superman goes to visit him in jail. And Superman's like, hey, you say the word and I'll come there and I'll, we'll leave together. Superman just walks through the, the part where they're talking to the phones. The visitor area just walks through and says, hey, Bruce, like, say the word and we're out of here. And Bruce is like, no, no. Like, I have to follow the law. I murdered a man. I need to be in jail. Right? That's the two values. Bumping into each other. Okay. Right? And it asks a question. What is the right way? What do I feel is the right way of doing things? Mm-hmm. Like, does he deserve to be in jail? Batman says yes. Superman says no. Interesting. Right? Okay. okay. It explores that idea. Okay. Right? Or Jedi versus Sith. Or the light side. Or not just Jedi. I should say light side of the force and dark side of the force. Those the two sides represent certain ideas mm-hmm. that are in conflict, right? Mm-hmm. And through the vehicles of Jedi and Sith, you explore the interactions of those two sides of the Force. Yes. Right? Um, and really, the whole Star Wars thing is an exploration of light versus dark. Like passion versus... Uh, or chaos versus law. Kind of. Kind right. of, yeah, more passion versus discipline, I suppose. Yes, right. Yeah. Um, and then there's other things in there. Uh, I won't get into it. I'm no Star Wars expert. I don't claim to be. So, But feel free to denigrate me. We still got 60 minutes left. <laughs> Ooh. Um, or, or One hour of denigration, <laughs> everyone. You're another, another example is Iron Man versus uh, Captain America in Civil War. In that Marvel movie. Okay. Right? One group of the Avengers thinks you should go one way. Another group thinks you go another way. Mm-hmm. They're all both good guys. But it's just that value, the two sets of values hitting against each other. Correct. And it's an exploration of what's right. Mm-hmm. Right? And there is no real answer. 
But the purpose of it is so that we, the viewers, can explore those ideas and, and sort of decide for ourselves more clearly or discover for ourselves more clearly what we think of that, of those two ideas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I guess an inter-party conflict is, is a great opportunity to do that. Uh, and by doing that, you, you sort of deepen your experience of D&D or deepen your narrative. Yes. Um, I think that, once again, kind of speaking from that DM perspective, when we're dealing with conflict, you should be able to see it coming. And if you can see it coming, you should session plan to promote the conflict and creativity. Okay. Right? Make Mm -hmm. sure that you are allowing time in your session for this cognitive agreeance and creative dissonance to happen. Like within the players. Within the players. The player level, I mean. Correct. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Correct. Okay. Allow them to explore essentially what I want to call an encounter of the minds. Mm-hmm. Right? So whether this is kind of going in and rehashing what just happened through narrative exploration. Hey, how does your character feel about this person saying this specific thing? to like reinforce what's going on here and and invoke some of their morality or some of their judgment or decision-making capabilities. Ask a specific question and plan to give them a moment to answer. Mm -hmm. And for everyone else to see it. Oh, okay, great. Thank you for answering that. What about you over here? How did your character feel about this? How how did all the other characters view them like visibly? Was there any reactions? Did you wince? Did you Mm -hmm. growl? Did you, what happened? Right. Right. And plan for those moments to kind of almost rehappen again, if you need them to and allow the characters to go through their own paths so that they can kind of come up with their own ideas. Because if right. we're talking about fighting the idea of groupthink, mm-hmm. then people need time to kind of accumulate their knowledge and crystallize that into an idea, right? Give them time to let it soak in. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and really one of the great ways to do this is to kind of hand out homework. To your parties. Ha! You thought you were done. Um, DMs have homework. That's our session prep. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's only fair. It's only fair. You're <laughs> playing a game. You should have homework too. Um, I think it's it's a great question to ask. Hey guys, before next session, mm-hmm. just think about how your character felt about this. Or, hey, in this session, we covered a lot of stuff. Right. Just ask the question. What was the thing that made your character grow the most or in what, the past oh, session? Okay. What did they learn? What did they what fail at? What changed, yeah. right? Um, these types of things will allow individuals to come up with their own ideas in kind of their, their sanctuaries or their mm-hmm. silos mm-hmm. and then bring those ideas back because you can start up the next session with going, okay, before we recap, just remember I asked a question before you go, anybody want to like – let us know what you thought. Anybody come up with something really cool and interesting that they want to share, mm. right? And that way you can create like this connectivity between them that can then, once again, give other players ideas about how right. to engage with other people in either uh, a productive way or a conflict productive mm-hmm. way. But like, hey, uh, when we were talking to that guy, you smiled when the torturer cut into that peasant. <laughs> Um, that's really creepy, dude. We need to talk about that. Right. Right. You were licking your lips like, <laughs> like a lot. I'm a lizard man. 
I have to keep them wet. I have prosthetics. Look <laughs> it back on. <laughs> you want to know how I got the yeah? So it, it it will then at least allow people to interact as players and as characters once again because. Mm-hmm. We have talked about before that not all meta knowledge is bad. Yes. Right. Yeah, and how you yeah. use meta yeah. knowledge can be a good way. And so if you can engage in productive conflict where I want to explore your character's blank, right? Whether that's faith, religion, ideas of society, <laughs> um, any of these sorts of aspects that they hold as a core ideal that got a slight buffeting, right? Let's make sure that that was an iron on iron moment. Mm-hmm. that they just had, right? And mm-hmm. whether or not they feel that that's a strong aspect or maybe they thought it was, but it wasn't so bad when they just encountered it. Right. And how does that change? What has happened? What is the new familiar comfort zone mm-hmm. that the character mm-hmm. is now adopting? What are they shifting to? All of these things are happening over time. And if we don't have time in session and out of session, right, it can become quite cumbersome. Right, yep. you, and you cannot take notes that fast. I don't care who you are, unless you're a stenographer. If you guys, if anybody's played with a stenographer, jump in the comments. Let us know how awesome that is. No, that's the thing. I don't know. I've got conflicting, I like beliefs about taking notes. To be honest, oh well, I, I just feel like if you're busy taking great notes, you're not you're not in the moment enough mm-hmm. to, and so so you lose out on RP opportunities. Well then. Whoever has integrated AI to take session notes, let us know how you did that because or or just record your sessions. Yes, and that's what right. I do. Yes, and we've talked about this before. I audio record all of the sessions with everyone's consent. Um, illusion of I, me. <laughs> I don't think I've actually given my consent, but you don't need my consent. I don't. You're right? unconscious. This is forty nine minutes of no consent time for Sean. Really, an this whole podcast is non consensual, isn't it? I guess. <laughs> Huh, don't cancel us. Mm. Um, yeah, but it's, do we though? We do. Um, one of the things that I was curious about, and in my kind of thoughts and explorations in this idea, I discovered a weird correlation between brainstorming and a lack of creativity. Not causation. Not causation, but a correlation. Uh, apparently, through many studies, we've found that the larger we get of a group brainstorming ideas, the less quality we get out of the ideas generated. That's That seems counterintuitive. It does. But it makes sense when you understand that people yes, are self-censoring. Self-censoring yes. and they're mind yeah. guarding and they're, you know, um, the illusion that we're all just going to agree because yeah. I don't want to stand out because if I stand up and stand out then what I am doing is I'm actually encountering something called the pain of indifference. It's something weird that humans experience when we stand out around the crowd that we're included in. Mm -hmm. Our amygdala, which is the center of the brain that's responsible for a lot of bad emotions, activates. It's telling you what you're doing is not good for your survival. Oh, if we stand out. If we stand out from the crowd. Oh, how Jap- how Japanese. How, how very anti-society, right? Yeah. Um, but there's something biologically programmed in us, and it is insidious, and it is quiet, but it wants you to go along. It does not want you to stand like, out in a like crowd. Like herd animals, right? Like herd animals. The yeah. ones that get singled out are the ones that the predators yes. pick off. Yep. 
And so this, this is once again um, an idea where we can hide behind people that are the best talkers, but not necessarily mm, the best think, ideas yes. or uh, idea makers, yep. thinkers, whatever yep. it is, right? Because we don't often see that. We don't have salespeople who are the best engineers necessarily, yes. right? Yep. Like they're yep. in two separate categories. Nor should they be really. Well, because their expertise is in different areas. Yes. Now, if you happen to be a genius inventor and salesperson, good job. <laughs> Call us. We want your help. Um, <laughs> but it's rare. Oh, I only know of one guy. One guy. Yeah, he builds rockets. Does he? Yeah. Or does he get people to build rockets for him? No, I think he does it himself. All of it. <laughs> That's freaking awesome. He just gets he gets people to cheer him on. Well, he just crashed one. <laughs> Sad face. Oh, just cheer him on. Yeah. All bards. Go, 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 I can't roll he's lower than 100. <laughs> he's just building it manually himself <laughs> all night. Power tools are for whips. <laughs> uh, by hand. Just in hey, I, I don't think so. Lathing out these pieces. <laughs> But no, it's it's hammering. It's a weird, weird aspect when we start doing this. Now, obviously, our D and D groups are not huge groups of people. Your D and D groups aren't. But we do want to be their friend. We do want to mm, hang out yes. with them. We do want to be part of the team, part mm -hmm. of the clique, part of the squad, yes. whatever it is. So to stand out is to risk an element of alienation. Mm -hmm. And that little amygdala fires up and goes, "Don't do that! Don't do that!" It's interesting. Eh? And even though it's fake. The brain doesn't know, right? Like as smart well, a creature the, as we are, nothing is fake to our the brain. cells are dumb. Mm -hmm. and, and because of that, there is this cognitive dissonance in what yep. is happening. Yes. I know that I am safe, but my heart is pumping. Why is this scary movie making no, me actually? Crazy. I, remember, like, I remember playing, first time playing PvP in like in uh, League of Legends. Like, why is my heart racing? <laughs> it's, it's just video game pixels it's, moving around. No, it's too much salt. That's what it is. It's true. It's salt in your diet. Yeah. But yeah, it's true because it doesn't, your brain doesn't know that it's not real. Mm -hmm. Well, because you're no longer just fighting a nameless, emotionless computer. Yeah. You are now. It's on the person. You are now, yes, spawn camping a 12 year old who should be doing his homework. Yes. <laughs> and yep. you need to teach Stop him a it. lesson. Stop it. <laughs> we laugh. Because it's funny. Um, but this is this is a thing that cannot happen when you are a face yes. that people recognize and you're not able to disappear into the crowd. Well, that's one of the, the worst things about the internet. Well, so it uh, is that apparently brainstorming and groupthink is less likely to mm -hmm. happen in an online setting. Ah. So when you have people who are not physically around other people, right. they feel safer, safer expressing themselves because they have a screen and a keyboard to protect them. That's a blessing and a curse. It is a blessing and a curse. Interesting. So for creativity, great. Uh, for antagonism and trolling and all that stuff, bad. Yeah. But once yeah. again, we're trying to manage the idea of the conflict that we're creating. Mm -hmm. So hopefully mm -hmm. this is a way that you can create better ideas. After the session, Text people. Oh man, this was so mm. great. About this. What did you think about that? I thought this. This was really cool. Hey, do you think we could do this together? Hey, next session, I kind of want to call for a scene between my character and your character because I want to talk about something specific that I saw you do and I want to explore that idea. So can you get ready for like that? A, like a D&D &D group chat. Like a D&D &D group mm. chat. <laughs> because I think most of us have them. And yes. if you don't, they're super easy to set up. Yes. Super easy. It does involve giving your phone number to complete strangers who love dice. Or you can do it through Discord or something. There's ways of doing it. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. 
and it, without sharing personal, but, but you're you're hanging out with them once a week, every two weeks, anyways. Like they, they've already got your IP address, as did the <laughs> NSA. Hi guys, um, but that's that's part of what I think is going to start to defeat these ideas is when we can create an area of sanctuary and an area of safety. Mm. And that perceived safety of being in a group of people that support you yep. will help you be yes. creative and will help you come up with ideas that can create positive conflict or friction, mm-hmm. not necessarily PVP, CVC, <laughs> HVH, VCR, VCR, yes, um, CDC, <laughs> DVD. Um, <laughs> all of these things M&M. will any more TNT. <laughs> <laughs> All of these things are really going to speak towards creating that place where you feel that you can have the creativity. And that's why when I said you need to plan, session plan for creativity, give your characters a moment to feel the dopamine Mm. or the oxytocin or allow the cortisol to drop down, (laughs) right? Like more more cortisol. I need more cortisol. Um, these, these are important <laughs> things that we don't necessarily think about, right? Do you allow 10 minutes, 15 minutes, whatever, for everybody at the table to decompress together as a group mm-hmm. after the session? Right. Especially if it's a tense session. Yep. Do you guys hang out and chat for an hour, two hours, three hours, five hours, whatever it is, yep. until you're fully kind of reset and able to kind of move on with your life? Mm-hmm. These are important ideas to allow for, especially when we get into emotionally engaging and enthralling yes. RP. Right, which is going to be a conflict, which is going to have bleed over effect from the character to the person, to the character, to the person, mm-hmm. to the other person, to the other person's character. Yeah. Right, like every everybody watching, everybody participating is going to feel this. Mm-hmm. So, plan for it. Plan to allow a moment. If something's going big, it's going heavy. Allow five minutes right. of like kind right. of mini descaling. Right. Right. Um, and yeah. Make sure that your theme is appropriate to allow that creativity. Make sure mean? that you might, well, like the theme can, you can have that moment of brief respite in a horror or a thriller or whatnot. Oh, you should. Right? Really? You, you hear the footsteps of the monster scraping against the floor mm-hmm. away from your position. Mm-hmm. You're safe for now. Right? And go, this is me telling you, you can take a breath. Right. Right. And mm-hmm. and so you do because yeah, yeah. because you can, just, you can release your breath. Correct. Yeah. Correct. <sighs> and then they hear you. Okay. And then they hear you. Yeah. And they're like, come here, right back. Um, these these types of things are important. So when you even even if you're doing a super slapstick, light-hearted comedy Deadpool-esque kind of thing, mm-hmm. allow a moment for people to recharge their batteries instead of just like Making them do a bit, do a bit, do a well, bit. Well, even even bit. Deadpool has real serious moments. He has to, or else yep. the movie wouldn't be as good because you wouldn't see the the difference. Wouldn't be the, as complex. Correct. Right? Wouldn't be as deep. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Um, so those those are huge. Um, even props um, that you can use to you know engage creativity. If that's hey guys, we're gonna do a session where you paint your own minis. Okay. And connect like oh we're gonna role play for a bit and then we're gonna do this oh because you got this new equipment. I'm going to get you this new thing or it's hmm. cards or it's um, ideas. Or write a haiku about the character on your left. <laughs> I want a diorama before next session. Yeah. You can and use stuff. You can use For this pre-session, items. we're going to do some interpretive dance that you think best represents your character. 
Look, people listening, it's just, it's us doing stupid movements. Interpretive, interpretive <laughs> dolls. Oh, for the listeners, we should make sounds. Imagine that as a dance. It's really good. Or just go watch it. You should rewind it, yeah. Just, just come watch us. Speaking of which, uh, when you come watch us, and just jump on that like. Hit that subscribe, we really appreciate yep. it. Uh, yeah, let us know that you and I are not in conflict. Yeah. But not him, though. I know. Just, Your time's not up. Still got 20 minutes. <laughs> of surefire happy of goodness. shame. Of shame. Yeah. But I, I, I don't know. What do you think of those kinds of ideas where you, you try and create camaraderie and like try and create... No, it, it's, it's good, I think. It, it breaks down. Because if you... If you... Because... The sh- it's funny. It's interesting. The a surefire way of getting <laughs> close to people is by going through uh, difficult situations together. Mm-hmm. Conflict, going through mutual conflict, mm-hmm. uh, brings you close to those people, mm-hmm. right? Um, from what I hear, going to war with someone, coming back if you both survive, you're you're way closer than you were before. Even though, bef- like in training, maybe you weren't that close because you saved each other, saved each other's lives so many times. Right. Or even. um, Well, it's rare to hear people not come back and say he was my brother. Right. Right. Like he's, I now consider him family. Yeah. I remember once I went on a bachelor party uh, for a friend of mine uh, and I went there and I I knew maybe my friend and one other guy and everyone else was, we were, we were strangers. We went whitewater rafting. Shout out to my man. Yeah. My man. My man. I know you love the podcast. Um, Midway through our friggin'. Raft flipped like vertically, like not sideways, but like front or like back over front. Like, oh, it dipped. Yeah, yeah. They, they hit like a rock. I believe they call that ass over tea kettle. Yeah. And then we flipped <laughs> basically over a little, a little like fall. We fell and we were all under it. Mm. And then like before the the whole raft trip, they 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 give you all the training yes. and like what to do and like safety stuff. I had to use it all. Good. Like I was like, and going through, I was like, I might die. Shout out to the safety instructor might, I, at the I, Upside I, Down Raft School. Yeah, I really believe that there's a chance I might die. I need to do all these things. Mm. Right? Anyways, in the end, it was horrible, but I made it back onto the boat. And nobody died. And we looked around, and I think one guy was like, I'm surprised that we're all still here. Because <laughs> as, as horrifying <laughs> as it was for me, it was just as horrifying for everyone else on that raft. Mm-hmm. Then afterwards, when we finished, the guys from the, from the bachelor party, we went to... Went to the campground where we were. We had a great time. Went to the bar. And we were so close. Because mm-hmm. there was one guy who came later who didn't go to that mm-hmm. uh, hair-raising. For shame. Yeah, right? That experience, that, that felt like a near-death experience. And I, I don't know how, how it must have felt like to him, but he was walking into like a group of, of like brothers mm-hmm. right, that he wasn't a part of. Mm-hmm. So it, it really did bring us closer. Mm-hmm. And then when I went to the wedding, I... I went and I found those guys and there was an immediate connection again. Yes. Because we knew that we had gone through that experience together. Yes. So I think in that way, doing activities with a D&D table that brings you out of your comfort zone mm-hmm. is a way of sort of reproducing that. Like, I, it's, it's kind of embarrassing to do like improv games, but we're all doing it. So, so by, by going through that, 
together, we feel closer, and then we feel more comfortable doing less embarrassing things in front of each other. And more embarrassing. And more, right. It just sort of breaks the ice. Adds the whole trust thing that we were talking about, right? Yes. Yeah. 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 No, I think that's a great idea. Good. No, I don't think people do it because it's scary. But you should, you should be brave and try it. I think it'll help. Well, we spend so much time as DMs uh, planning encounters, balancing CR values, making sure that there's a narrative, making sure that this fits in the story, making, that we don't remember that people have finite batteries of mm, energy, mm-hmm. intellectual, emotional, hunger, water, all of these things. Mm. Uh, we're all Sims characters with just a bunch of sliders. <laughs> A lot more sliders <laughs> yeah. than in the game. Yeah. And, and so when these deplete, right, there, there are like refocusing or like stimulus kind of things that you can do. Stimulus packages. Essentially. But right. like D, I can't remember what it is. Um, but just like allowing a person to ground themselves and refocus with like a fidget spinner or like mm-hmm. a, a decompression mm-hmm. moment, a.k.a. five minutes to go get a drink or go to the washroom. Right. Thing. Or just go breathe in a corner and just calm down. Or right. reassess yourself. Everyone on the floor, 20 push-ups now. Then you get back up. Oh, that's, our, that's our D&D gym again, right? Yeah. 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 Right? You release the dogs. Everyone wants to run away for 10 minutes. Good luck out running <laughs> a dog. Uh, that's, that's the whole, I don't have to run faster than the dog. I just all golden retrievers. Oh, but then you get yeah. licked to death. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, it's, no, I think it's really good. I mean, it, 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 it is a need. Mm-hmm. I think um, because the it's funny in in some ways the 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 players in the in the in the in the, in the group of players is the weakest link at the C and D table. Everything depends on them, and they're the weakest parts at the same time. So if you can strengthen strengthen their connection, right, it makes everything else better. Huh. Nice. Yeah. 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 Not that they're weak, but no. But the one that keeps rolling that one is right. Come on. Come on. Lucky feet, guy. guy. Um, but yeah. So when. Yeah, I want to continue on though to think talk about interparty conflict itself. Oh, okay. Um, is that we've talked about all this stuff when it comes to conflict and what it can do for us? Um, I think there is a trap that you can fall into though when it comes to conflict, conflict. places one card face What's down. Come on, no. Um, I want you guys to uh, <laughs> think of conflict. As a gift. Mm. And don't waste it. Because we've talked about all those opportunities. Mm-hmm. Right? But you, it can be wasted. Mm-hmm. Those opportunities. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's our nature to try to win conflicts as players. Right? Yes. I want to make my character win this conflict by convincing the other, per- the other character to do what I want. Or to admit that they're wrong, or whatever, mm-hmm. right? But I don't think that that is uh, the most productive way of going uh, of, of 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 going through a conflict. Okay. Your your goal shouldn't be to win in the conflict as a player. I mean, the character's conflict, yes, is to win, probably. But as a player, your goal should be character change. Is using that conflict as a means to uh, have your character go through a change. So look for an excuse. Mm. Find a way through that conflict to change your character in a way that you that you want, that tells mm-hmm. the story mm-hmm. that you want to tell. Mm-hmm. Right? If you're doing it from that sort of thrust, that point of view, uh, I think you won't waste it then because that you're using it 
as it's meant to be used narratively. Narratively. Right. Because if you have a, a conflict where no one changes, mm-hmm. it's just a waste of time. Was it a conflict? Well, it was, right? Like, it, it was bashing each other. Right. But then nothing came of it. Mm-hmm. It's a useless conflict. Right. It's a wasted opportunity all around. Yes. Yeah. Right. So, so make sure you want to, to find excuses for the character to change. Um, and then once you do, it's not enough to be like, oh, yeah, they're changing this way. You need to show that change in your character to make it really useful. Because mm-hmm. yeah, in your mind you'd be like, yeah, they changed this way. But if but if you aren't able to express that change in your character, mm-hmm. then it's still wasted. Mm-hmm. Like I thought of the best idea ever, but I'm not gonna tell anyone. Mm. And I'm mm-hmm. not gonna do anything. Oh, uh, okay. Yes. Right? Like I can say I know I know it's a great idea that I can save the world. But I'm not gonna do anything or tell anyone what it is. So then what it's a waste of an idea. Well, right? It doesn't go anywhere. That's another great idea for homework. Right mm. is next session. I want everybody at some point during the session to add a new show don't tell aspect mm. of something that their characters have learned right. since they started this campaign or story. Mm-hmm. You're not gonna. You're not gonna say what it is. Yep. Yeah, just know for yourself. But know for yourself. And I do want you to try and add it into the RP next session mm-hmm. of a show don't tell moment. Yep. Like show through how they how your character sort of acts mm-hmm. in the next conflict maybe because. Mm-hmm. Typically, you'll things won't get perfectly resolved, and it'll happen again, mm-hmm. right? But maybe your your attitude will change. Your words might little change a little, right? Um, well, and you will keep repeating the same conflict mm-hmm. until you learn the lesson to get you yes. out of that loop. Yep, yep, right, yeah. Um, so again, make sure your character faces the repercussions of your of those choices that they made. Right. Don't don't make them don't let them avoid it. And again, as as people, we don't like conflict and we naturally avoid it. Mm. But in order to tell a great story, we cannot let our characters avoid the repercussions. That's that's the heavy price that you pay in the Harmon story wheel. Hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. We always bring that up because it's great. Yeah. Right. That story wheel. Um, I think about what do they learn from that conflict? Um, and again, it, it could be, they might, might, might just learn that, oh, this guy is a real jerk, right? Oh, he doesn't care about what I think at all, mm-hmm. right? But in learning that, that would change typically their behavior towards that, that, play, that character, mm-hmm. right? Um, and then try to emphasize in your thinking sort of uh, personal character growth and, emo- and emotional growth. Mm-hmm. Right, because that's that's the character story, uh, character arcs. I think. Correct me if I'm wrong again. Are typically sort of emotional arcs, like personal belief arcs. Don't have to be, but most of the time yeah, they are. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and then their their physical journey, when what they do, is just a vehicle for that personal growth. Mm-hmm. I like this interpretive dance that you're giving as well. Yeah. Yeah. Just the. Yeah. It's really good. Hugs, 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 hugs. Yeah. No, it's funny, but it's. 
Sorry, I didn't mean to undermine you. No, uh, no, when you're giving please. A really great you, you, point. You, you've got eight minutes uh, left. It's because you're so terrible. Um, eight minutes? No, 18 minutes left. Just staring at me. Wow, you were really like on point. I don't see the clock. They took away the clock. No, I don't know. That's what the gong's for. I've got an internal clock. You would. Yeah, when it comes to self-denigration. <laughs> <laughs> I know exactly how long I'm being exposed for. Um, no, it's it's really interesting. Self-denigration. That- Sean, you're the worst. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Don't feed that wolf, everyone. <laughs> Don't feed that wolf. Yes. Um, no, I, I, oh, man. You mentioned the Harmon Circle. Uh, it's, it's so appropriate yes. to the idea of conflict. Oh, yep. It's so appropriate. Um, even the idea of, like, walk a mile in someone else's shoes. Oh. Right? To, like, to understand conflict from the other side of what's going on. Right. In in kind of resolution or pacification strategies. We we want to understand where somebody else is coming from. Mm-hmm. And we should do this in our TTRPGs as well. Yes. Right? I want to know more about your backstory. Tell me more about your character. <laughs> Show me how much depth you have. These are all really, really great things. There's yeah. a joke in there. <laughs> um, but beyond... <laughs> Beyond the jokes and the low-hanging fruit, as it were, um, when we get into these things and we really start exploring the expressions of others and allowing them to get into this, that Harmon circle. Yeah. I didn't even say anything. I know. You you do this to me and your face is so smug right now. (laughs) Um, When we get into this cycle, um, one of the things that I like and... Mr. Harmon, Mr. Harmon. Oh, uh, Mr. Armand. Um, one of the things that he has said regarding his idea of a story circle versus a storyline mm, okay. is the idea that people, characters have the flaw of uh, a home base or a pattern to them. Mm-hmm. And instead of going somewhere like the hero's journey, we have to end up somewhere different than where we started. Yep. The circle implies that we have to come back to our area of comfort. And if this is in his case, when he's writing TV shows, he's got a group of people that come back to the same community college mm-hmm. or Rick and Morty come back to the same house, even though it's in a different dimension. Sometimes it's still back to that kind of area where they feel comfortable. Well, even the hero's journey, um, actually at the end of the hero's journey, he, he the hero returns home having changed. Mm. Is it? Is yeah. That, is that yeah. part of it? Okay. Yeah. Um, and it's it's so important because you need to be able to track how you've changed. Yes. What price you have paid. Mm-hmm. What you have learned. And you need to come back to the area of your comfort and realize that you you have grown so much more than it could ever have given you. Right. Right. And, and so that idea of returning back to the point of origin to see mm-hmm. the change. And whether that is a physical location or that's the party. The party comes back to itself yes. every episode or mm-hmm. every session or every whatever it is, every adventure. And so there always is that same point at the beginning where individuals return to the space of comfort. Yep. yep. And, and it's it's naturally what we do. We follow a day-night cycle. Most of us. Uh, shout out to Adderall again. <laughs> um, but you follow, um, you follow a day-night cycle, a circadian rhythm. Mm-hmm. Like that's normal. You go to bed, yes. you wake up, you do your whole day of stuff, you go back to bed. Yes. And hopefully you have nice dreams. Um, you know, we, we have eating cycles. We have um, 
a whole bunch of stuff that we like to program into our days. Yes. That make a pattern. It's always patterns that we do. Mm -hmm. We always come back to where we're at. And so we should have this, or we should know how to exploit this when we're talking about narrative conflict. Yes. Because we can come back to being friends, or we can come back to being safe, or we can come back to being frenemies, or whatever it is Mm going to be. But we can come back to this area and see how we've grown, see the distance that we've covered, and really find the potential for the conflict that we're going through now based on how we've exploited and or utilized the conflict that's come before. And whether or not we can go deeper, go farther, mm-hmm. go to more places to that story that you told. Can you tell me that story once again? Because there's a part in the forest that I wasn't listening to before, but we just walked past the forest and I think I saw something that was like what you right. were talking about. Right. Oh, well, of course. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, of course. I'd love to tell you my story. Again. <laughs> um, these, these sorts of things allow us to also remind ourselves about all the good stuff that's coming out of these things. Right. And that mm-hmm. just that repetition gets very healthy. Because ultimately we get back to that place of comfort and safety. Yeah. Right. And just like in trust, we have to go through that reconciliation moment, right? Where mm-hmm. we understand what's going on. We're on the same team. We high five, we have a drink, whatever it is. And then we proceed again into danger, knowing that you have my back and I have yours. Right. Or I have your back and you have mine right now. And there's like a there's a communal yeah. understanding or a social construct mm-hmm. that we've got there. Um and and ultimately, I think when you get to that point as characters, um, you can pick a hill to die on, and then use and then die on it. People to live, <laughs> to survive <laughs> through it. To oh to yes, find yeah yeah to not die because <laughs> unless unless the hero's death is something that you've wanted to have yeah. or well, a pick a hill that you a hill that you would die on that you would die on and then live right like. Yeah. Uh, I think it was the samurai who said, like, if you go into battle expecting to live, you will probably die. But yeah. if you go into battle expecting to die, you might, you might live. live. Um, that kind of acceptance of embracing the chaos of conflict and embracing the chaos of telling a story mm. with four to six other people right. and all the randomness that might yeah. happen. Go in, go in guns blazing, go in, give it your all, and then know that. You have a week to reset, recharge, and you can do it again. Well, go down the the whitewater rapids of, of that yeah. of that conflict raft. Yeah, right. Crash and burn, and then come back together and, and and see how awesome it is. Yeah, like ten years, fifteen years later, we still talk about it. You just did, right? I still think about it. Do you? Yeah, I just it. did. You just <laughs> that just <laughs> happened. happened. Um, yeah, no th- these these moments of extreme survival or challenge or conflict, if you want to call it mm-hmm. that, in narrative, um, in a narrative terms. light yeah. or terms, thank you, is really powerful and yeah. still affects how you... It's memorable. Yes. Right? Yes. And so get out there, flip some metaphysical, metaphorical, metaphorical boats. Metaphysical too. And uh, yeah, denigrate your local Sean's for all Sean's out there. Yeah. yeah. Your 97 minutes is coming. We still yeah. love you. Yeah. Mostly. <laughs> Mostly. But yeah. yeah, I think I think that there's there's enough of a spiel there. Mm-hmm. I think that we we've talked about why it's important to engage in some of it. 
why none is bad, why too yes. much is bad, yes. why too intense is bad, right? That PvP thing, mm-hmm. players drawing weapons on each other or, you know, fireballing the people who are sleeping. I think in- really intense is fine as long as it's productive. Yeah, I think the more... The character. Character. Content. The more intense you go, the more of a foundation or scaffolding of trust you need to yeah. have. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That I understand that you're not... <laughs> you might be trying to kill me, but that's not your intent is to remove me from this game. Right. Your intent is to tell an interesting and awesome story. Yeah. And so I should trust you and see where you're going with mm-hmm. this. Actually, it's it's interesting when, when you get into like the, the player DM dynamics like that. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, it takes... Takes a lot out a of you. A lot of trust too. Takes a lot out of you to just mm-hmm. a, put your to not put your fate, but to put a, your character's your, fate. your character's fate in the hands of another when mm-hmm. they live in your heart and mind. Yeah, is super difficult. But session or sorry, episode one of caffeine and cantrips, we talked. Be brave, brave, right? And it's so much easier said than done. But I believe you can do it. Because I believe that it's on yeah. the path or on the journey ahead of you. And yep. when you get to that point, you will lean in. You will probably say yes. And you will come out a stronger person for it. And you get a level up. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Level up. Yeah. Then you'd be like me. You went through 97 minutes of denigration and you're like, fine. It's good. It didn't. It Just didn't, ring the gong. Didn't even. Yes. And let me go. By Chauncey's will, we have been released. But yes, no, I I think it's excellent. I think that understanding this, just like understanding a lot of other, we've been very conceptual recently in our conversation topics. Mm -hmm. And maybe you can tell us if you think that this is a good thing or a bad thing, if this is adding to your your perspective of the game, or if this is just nonsense, yaya trash that we're just kind of throwing out there. Um, Because... I just make the stuff as as it comes. Do you? Let's make it. Yeah, let's make it up. Yeah. Huh. So it's probably yeah, yeah, trash. But as long as you like it, one man's trash is another Sean. It's true. There's a lot of Sean out there. <laughs> you made that up. <laughs> I did, but that's because we're within the 97 minutes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, one man's Sean is another man's trash. Wow. Yeah. Sorry, Sean's. We're still within 97 We're still within 97. It's almost over, my my friends. But yes, um, let us know. Let us know if you like this conceptually. If you have a conceptual topic that you'd like us to think about or cogitate upon, Mm -hmm. let us know. Um, We're more than happy to take other ideas other than Or if you you want more how-to stuff, we can do that too. Mm, Absolutely. Right? How to denigrate Byron for 98 minutes. Didn't we already do that? Every day. Every damn day in a grade. On that note, uh, it was wonderful. I enjoyed the constant denigration. Uh, this was Caffeine and Cantrips. Uh, this loser here is Sean. And this awesome guy over here, the host of the most, your local Fortress and Furballs master, yeah. is Byron. And uh, thank you for coming. We were Caffeine and Cantrips. Hope you were comfy the whole time. Let's say yes. Let's say yes. And uh, we'll see you next time. Or Or else. else. (laughs) FNFU. I love (laughs) fortunes.